Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chris, how do I look in orange and blue, my friend? What do you think? I was going to say, you never looked as good as you do right now. Chris, when, I, when, I, when this, the, uh, the link popped up, I was like, something looks a little different here, man. But uh, I'm not going to come on and gloat. You know how much I feel about uh, how I feel about Coach Beamer and what he's done with this program. Uh, I've been on the losing end of a lot of bets, as you probably know, with my LSU bet that I have with Peter Burns. But uh, it was, you know, it was one of those games that you hated to see one team lose because I thought, Spencer Rattler, that uh, offense for South Carolina played so well, uh, deserved to win in a lot of different ways. But I think it comes back to what Coach Beamer said at that end of the first quarter interview with Alyssa Lang. The defense had many, many chances to, to execute better. They had a chance to close it out. You got a free blitzer on fourth down against Graham Mertz. You're not able to bring him down. He makes a play. And it's just football such a, a weird sport that the whole game of inches thing I know it's an overused phrase but like they're one play here or there if you get the stop there if the deflection that goes into the hands of Trey Wilson actually goes the other way like so many things could have happened to make that outcome different and I know for South Carolina fans it really hurts and I know you it leaves you in a position now you're wondering you know where we go from here can we get to bowl eligibility looks which looks a little challenging given the remaining schedule well, Chris, you certainly don't have to gloat, but let's start talking about from the Florida perspective, Chris, because I think, you know, obviously taking the bias, the fandom out of it. Number one, it was a great college football game back and forth had all the dramatics and flair that you could ask for. But for this Florida program, year two of Billy Napier, all the criticisms, right? We talked about it over and over and over last week that Florida away from the swamp, they just can't win on the road. They don't play well. They start slow, like Everything negative we could have said about Florida, it felt like we did. And then after an offseason, Chris, in which, you know, it, it felt like Florida was everyone's punching bag. And most notably, I had to go back to a take I had over the summer where I ranked the quarterbacks in the preseason. And I had Graham Mertz 14th. I yeah. had him dead last. And he certainly is not the 14th best quarterback in the SEC, that's for sure. So just as a Gator alum, somebody who follows the Gators as closely as you do, I mean, how big of a win was that? Because a lot of the – a lot of the demons, I think, at this point in the Billy Napier uh, era were exercised. And yeah. There's a lot of positive momentum right now in Gainesville. I think it's a great point. And um, Florida football put out a, a tweet today that um, showed my catch in 93 against Kentucky in the last seconds and split-screened it with the Ricky Pearsall catch against South Carolina in the last few seconds. And I think those games meant uh, very similar things for our programs at the time. I'm, you know, we were labeled roadkill because we would go on the road and get beaten. That was a big game for turning the tide, for helping us to believe, you know, in what we could do. And it really was the springboard 
for us winning four straight SEC championships and the national championship that, that Florida won in 96. I think this can be a similar situation for the Gator program now, getting that demon off their back, as you talked about, with the, the road losses to start the season, the road losses dating back to last year. Um, I, real questions about leadership on this team, real questions about the sense of urgency and the fight that they had. All of those things from the opening kickoff looked different to me. The energy on the sidelines, uh, the encouraging nature of the, the players to one another, the vertical passing game. I mean, one of the things that had been criticized a lot was uh, Billy Napier's play calling and the, the conservative nature of that. I thought they were way more aggressive. I don't know if that was because of something they saw on the tape that South Carolina was, was doing. We knew they were vulnerable based upon what we had seen early in the season, uh, particularly Mississippi State's offense. Uh, or if it was just a matter of, hey, we got to start doing something a little differently and be more aggressive. So I, I see a lot that this team can build from, the confidence that it gives you, um, the ability to understand that you can win more than just one way. You can win by, by being aggressive on offense and not just running the football and being conservative. My thing, though, Chris, is going back to last year, Florida did this against Tennessee and then kind of reverted to the more conservative offense. I want to see them continue to utilize what is a very talented group of receivers. That's tight ends included in that uh, around Graham Mertz because I think they have something special on the passing game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I thought Boardingham was really, really good in that game for Florida. Definitely carried over that Vandy performance to the South Carolina game. Now, Chris... On the flip side, you've got a Gamecocks football program in year three of Shane Beamer that, you know, we can look at some positives, right? Q, <clears throat> excuse me, QB1 is going to give you a chance every week. The offensive line, I thought, played much better. Mario Anderson's a real dude at running back. Xavier Leggett, Xavier Leggett, like offensively a lot of positives to take away. And they're going to keep you, I think, in every single ball game week to week. But Shane Beamer called this game, Chris, a gut punch. And there are real issues defensively. What did you see from South Carolina defensively? Because I, I think, you know, we, we point back to the defensive coordinator and scheme, and certainly I think there's some things that you can look at that are issues. But 
You've also just got players that are missing tackles, yeah. that are blowing assignments, yeah. that just aren't making the play. And to your point, Shane Beamer pointed that out. Do your job is exactly what he said after that first quarter. And now you've got a South Carolina football team, two and four in year three of Shane Beamer after a game at home that the entire Gamecocks fan base expected to win. And now your reward, Chris, at Mizzou, at Texas A&M before you yeah. close out with that four-game home stretch. Your overall outlook of South Carolina, because – you got a quarterback that's going to keep you in it weekly, but they've got some real issues that I think that, uh, you know, c- could lead to a really, really rough finish in year three of Shane Beamer. Yeah, Chris, I don't, I don't know if I could be a coach. I mean, forget all the other stuff you have to deal with, the NIL stuff and the transfer portal and everything. That It's difficult enough. But the idea that you can put your team in a position, you talk to them about technique, you talk to them about the game plan, you call some pretty good defensive calls that have you in a position to be successful – but the players out there don't execute it. And, and that was the thing that was upsetting to Shane Beamer in the interview with Alyssa. He was upset about it in the post game, And it was what cost him. I mean, time and time again, you had good calls on and the guys didn't execute their assignments. And, and, and football is uh, such a great sport because it requires all 11 guys. You can have 10 guys doing the right thing and one guy not doing his job. And it ultimately leads to a failure on one side or the other. So I, I do think I, I feel for Clayton White. I feel for Shane Beamer. I feel for the Gamecock fans, uh, but the only thing you can do is go back to the film and try to learn from it and try to do your job better because it doesn't get any easier, as you mentioned. I mean, uh, the idea of letting one team beat you twice is certainly something that's scary. If you can't get past moving uh, along from the disappointment of giving up a 10-point lead with less than five minutes to go, you very easily could be walking into a situation where Missouri – uh, who's feeling really well about themselves right now, uh, runs you out of Como. So it, it, you don't have time to feel sorry for yourself. It's time to regroup and get back on the horse and let's go. Chris, you mentioned the great catch you had. And I did see the tweet, by the way, that Florida football put out there kind of showing your catch and then Ricky Pearsall's catch. You know, I, I know it's probably tough to rank it necessarily, but in recent memory, where does that game rank for you in regards to – most exciting victories or what have you? Because, again, taking the fandom out of it, that was a crazy football game. I mean, there there were many times, Chris, in that game, especially that fourth quarter where I thought to myself, there's no way they get this fourth down. There's yeah. no way they make this play. There's no way they make that play. And, I mean, all the things that went wrong for South Carolina, you have to tip the cap to Florida because I thought the clutch factor and the the guts that it took to win that game – you just can't overstate how impressive that was from Billy Napier. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, as a Florida guy, you know, I try to do uh, as good a job as I can be on air being unbiased, but obviously I went to Florida. I grew up a Florida fan. I'm passionate about the Florida program. So off air, it was one of the most exciting endings that I've, I've experienced in a long time. It takes me back, I guess, Antonio Callaway, the catch against Tennessee that, uh, he was able to turn up and, and go the distance to win. Uh, the Tyree Cleveland uh, Hail Mary from Felipe Franks a couple years ago. Those would probably be the, the ones that come to mind. But in terms of what this meant, the, the, what it does to, to, to depressure, you know, you, that little pressure valve that you can twist and, and let some of the steam off, it feels like that was a lot of what you're feeling, both in terms of uh, where this team was, the talk about how bad they were on the road, the talk of how poor the, the play calling's been it really takes the pressure off. And instead of dealing in the negativity, now there's a lot of Florida fans that are feeling optimistic all of a sudden about going to Jacksonville in two Saturdays and actually winning against the number one Georgia Bulldog team, which seemed like it was a remote possibility just a couple days ago. 
Chris, speaking of the pressure meter, the pressure meter is up in College Station. Tennessee takes down Texas A&M 20-13. Joe Milton tried to lose it, Chris. It felt like a couple of times he tried to throw the game away, but Tennessee's defense would not allow it. Also, the running game of Tennessee I thought really impressive. Obviously, what Jalen Wright and Javari Small did right leading the way with 19 carries for 136, 7.2 yards per carry. And then Max Johnson with a couple of interceptions in that game, costly. And then, of course, you had that punt return on the short punt that was affected by the win. Your thoughts on this ball game? Obviously, it's a huge win for Tennessee on Rocky Top, but you really start to question Jimbo Fisher and his future in College Station after this one. Yeah, let's start with the positives. And, and you mentioned the, the special teams play. I thought it was very complimentary football in all three phases. You know, the, the punt gets downed inside the one-yard line. Perfect execution by the punter and the gunner. The defense gets a three and out, forces a punt, and the special teams takes advantage of the, the kick and the field position there to go the distance. And that kind of changed the ball game. But um, the thing, as you mentioned, the, the defensive effort and the ability to run the ball, if you had told me that Joe Milton – only completes 50% of his passes, and he throws for 100 yards, uh, I would have told you that Tennessee loses by double digits. But the fact that they could lean on the offensive line, run the football as effectively as they did to the tune of 232 yards against what I think is one of the best front sevens in, in, the, in the conference and maybe in college football, they were the number one defense coming into this game, was a big accomplishment. On the, on the other side of the ball, that what was a liability the last couple of seasons for Tennessee is now a strength. That defense, particularly the front seven, uh, James Pierce has been tremendous all year long, Aaron Beasley as well. But guys up front, Bryson Eason uh, on the interior of the defensive line. Uh, you, you look at uh, Amari Thomas as well uh, at the nose spot. Those guys are difference makers. And they only got two sacks, but they pressured Max Johnson every single time he dropped back. Looked like he was he was getting hit. And even when he wasn't getting hit, you could tell he was sensitive to the pressure, not stepping into the football. And that's what the impact of having a good pass rush is. And so I, I think this is a team that matches up really well. You go look at the, the game ahead of them. Alabama's offensive line is the worst in the conference. They've given up 31 sacks. Um, and, and so the Texas uh, – excuse me, Tennessee – uh, defensive line has to be licking their chops a little bit about the prospects of going up against that group and maybe being able to affect Jalen Milrow the same way. But I, I just I, – I, I like when there's a, a team that has a counterpunch like, that can win differently in multiple different ways. And I think that that's what um, Tennessee has been able to evolve in. I guess at this point the counterpunch they need to develop is the ability to throw the football consistently because they haven't done that at all. But could you imagine if they got that together, given how physical this team has become and the style of – of, of, of winning that they uh, feel confident in now? The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. 
It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs Up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs Up, S-P-U-R-S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, Create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Chris, you mentioned Alabama, that offensive line. They escape on Saturday, take down Arkansas 24-21, a game that looked like it was going to get away from the Hogs, but credit them, battle back, K.J. Jefferson, Made some big plays, but like you mentioned, when you when you look at Alabama, I mean, it, it's weird to talk about Bama and offensive line struggles and the struggles to the level at which they've had them. I mean, what do you see in Bama? I, I actually caught some of your commentary just before South Carolina, Florida on SEC Network regarding that Bama-Arkansas game and some things you had to say. But, I mean, what do you make of the Crimson Tide right now? Because they're a team that they're still on the path. Like, the path is very much yeah. there to appear in Atlanta in the SEC title, but – it just – it still just does not look like the Bama we're used to. Chris, we gave out midseason awards, and my midseason coach of the year was Nick Saban. And rarely does Nick Saban get considered for the coach of the year award just because everybody expects Alabama to be good every single year. But what he's done to bring this team along, what he's done to cover up deficiencies, he mentioned it after uh, the, the game two weeks ago against Texas A&M, like – having to overcome all of those penalties. There's not another team in the country that can get penalized like that in the game and still win. Now, I know he'd like the execution to be better, but I think he actually relishes this position, you know, not being the dominant team that everybody expects to win, being doubted at times, having to encourage young players, bringing them along, watching the progress. Like, I feel like he is actually enjoying this season maybe more than some in the past. Um, I do I do think that they have some deficiencies, primarily on the offensive line. But it's, it's one that uh, every time I doubt them, they, they prove me wrong, just like they prove everybody else wrong. So it's, it's a game that's in, in Tuscaloosa. Um, it's a game that, that Tennessee hasn't had a lot of success in in the past historically. But um, I, I do give Arkansas a lot of credit as well for, for being able to to play as well as they have coming in, they lost four ball games in a row. A lot of negativity around, you know, the future of Sam Pittman. But the, those guys fought hard, and they made it a ball game. Now, with a little help of, from Alabama, you get the third down face mask call, you get the third down pass interference call, which gives Arkansas new life, and they take advantage of it. But credit the Tide 
for winning a game at the end. Uh, five minutes, 19 seconds left. They hold the ball for the, the, the final possession and, and end up taking a knee at the end. And that, there's no better no better formation than the victory formation at the end. And, and the Tide found a way to get into that and, and move along and survive and uh, advance for another day. Chris, Eli Drinkwitz was a head coach over at Mizzou that entered this season with tons of pressure, right? I think another 500 campaign, and there was a chance that, you know, they have been, they may have been making a move and looking for someone else. At least there would have been pressure from that fan base. How impressed have you been what Missouri has done? Obviously, they get a big win over the weekend, a night game, hostile road environment at Kroger Field. Kentucky goes up 14 nothing. No matter. Mizzou goes 38-21. to They get the W. They punch their ticket to bowl eligibility already. And, of course, now they've got that battle for the Mayor's Cup against the Gamecocks. But how impressed have you been with what Missouri's done to this point? I have been very impressed with them. And I thought this was a game going on the road to Kentucky that they might get exposed, particularly coming off the loss to LSU in the manner that they lost it late in that ball game. They found a way to, to battle back in this one. They're down 14 nothing. It's not looking favorable. Eli Drinkwitz calls up the, the fake punt, which they execute perfectly and take advantage of that. The defense stabilizes until the offense can get going. I thought it was another instance of a, a three-phase complementary effort from, from that team. And um, I, I, much like I mentioned to you, if, if you'd have told me that, that Joe Milton – completed 50% of his passes and threw for 100 yards that they would still win, I wouldn't have believed you. If you'd have told me Luther Burden was only going to have two catches, I would have told you that Missouri likely lost this ball game by double digits. But they developed so much talent around him. Theo Weiss has been tremendous this year. Mookie Cooper as well. Marquise Johnson. Like, they got some really good players at the receiver spot to complement Luther Burden. And Cody Schrader has been outstanding. So this is a team that um, I, I think we all have to start paying attention to because let's not forget – they played Georgia last year in, in Como better than anybody, including uh, the 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 the, uh, the TCU game, uh, maybe outside of Ohio State. But they played every they played better against Georgia Bulldogs last season than anybody else in the SEC, for that matter. So I, I think that becomes kind of a an interesting game going forward, particularly with the news of Brock Bauer's surgery and not knowing what his future looks like. Chris, Georgia, kind of a ho-hum performance in Nashville taking down Vandy. Let me ask you this, Chris. Were you someone in the preseason that – did you expect Georgia to go unbeaten on the way to Atlanta? I just want to – did you did you have that? I did. Okay. I did only because the schedule looked fairly well, manageable. On that note, I wanted to – yeah, on that note, I wanted to ask you, as we sit at the halfway point and you look at Georgia and – they're not exactly a perfect team, but obviously loaded with talent. Brock Bowers now with the injury. We'll see. They've got the bye week to get him rested, ready to go. And it sounds like it shouldn't be that serious. But, Chris, I ask you this. Are you more or less confident after what you've seen after the first half of the season or the same that Georgia will finish this season unscathed? Do you think there's some landmines down the stretch that could give the dogs problems? Or do you think that Georgia still is just so much more talented than everyone they play that it shouldn't be an issue? I'd say yes to all of those questions. Uh, I do think there are landmines waiting. You look at Florida looks like a much more viable opponent now. You have to play against Ole Miss, who only has one loss. you got to go up against Missouri that we just talked about there. Tennessee in, in Knoxville is going to be a challenge now that looks tougher than maybe it did a couple weeks ago after their loss in Gainesville. So I, I do think it is a, it's going to be a challenging stretch for them. I do think they're the best team in the country when they play like they did against Kentucky. The question I have, though, can you get that level of consistency? Can you get back to executing at a high level? Before 
Saturday's game, Vandy hadn't scored a touchdown against Georgia since 2018, and they scored three of them in that ball game. One on defense, or one one pick, almost pick six that set them up there in a short field situation. But like, I have questions about them, and I think the thing, Chris, after playing in this league, and I think it's only gotten worse with the addition of of Missouri and Texas A&M since I played. But the the cumulative effect, the fatigue physically, the fatigue mentally of playing tough game after tough game, tough opponent after tough opponent, that could take a toll as we look at the way the second half of the season wears on. And I don't think the Georgia Bulldogs have that same level of depth that they've had in recent years. You think about guys that have moved on, Jermaine Burton gone, uh, Bear Alexander moving on. There's a number of other players as well. So I, I do think they're more susceptible now than they've ever been before. But at the same time, I, I wouldn't bet against them based upon what Kirby's been able to do to squeeze the absolute best out of the Bulldogs the last two years. Chris, as we look ahead to the Week 8 slate, it is officially desperation time, I think, for South Carolina as they travel to Columbia, Missouri, the battle for the Mayor's Cup, as I mentioned earlier. And, and this is this is one of those games, Chris, you'll notice that anytime you talk about this series, or I do, or anybody does, Gamecock fans are going to grimace a little bit because it's been four straight wins for Mizzou in this series. And Eli Drinkwitz, Chris, himself as a head coach, has four straight wins dating back to 2019 when he was the head coach at Appalachian State and beat Will Muschamp's Gamecock. So mm. the hexes are all over the place, but a massive game for South Carolina, right, going on the road. You're only an eight-point underdog, which somewhat surprised me. Mizzou is for real. They're legit this year. Brady Cook, Luther Burden, Pete Schrader all playing at a high level offensively. What are you expecting from this contest? I mean, I, I think it's always darkest before the dawn, so I will not be surprised if South Carolina has an inspiring effort on the road. We know the culture is really good, but, you know, Shane Beamer and company need to start stacking up some wins and swing games like these because obviously as the losses pile up, it's only going to get more and more bleak uh, in yeah. this third season. Well, Chris, you mentioned it's always darkest before the dawn. I think that's especially true for the history of Shane Beamer's tenure there in Columbia. Go back last year. I mean, two of their worst performances uh, culminating with that, that loss in Gainesville to the Gators right before they go out and dominate Tennessee and beat Clemson the next week in, in Death Valley. Like, um, nobody rallies the team like Shane Beamer does. And, and I think, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, you teach from the tape. You say, guys, if we do this, this, and this, we win that football game. And, and those, that's part of the mature maturation process that, that young players have to go through. There's a ton of really young players that are being asked to play important, meaningful roles and snaps on this team that are going to have some growing pain. So I, I do think there's a lot that you can look to and, and keep encouraging these guys. I like the way that Shane Beamer held those guys accountable in front of the, the, the TV audience and in this post game. I think you have to answer. If you don't do your job, this is, this is not – you know, this is not amateur athletics. This is this is professional sports. The coaches get paid a lot. Now the player, players make a lot of money. So you have to be held accountable. And I like the fact that he's expecting that from his guys. Um, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's it's a uh, a game that they have to go out there and and be aggressive offensively again. They've 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 been really uh, I've been really impressed with the play calling and play design. What they've done to to uh, cover up deficiencies and shifting some guys around on the offensive line, developing a run game that didn't exist for the first three ball games. There's a lot that, that you have to feel good about from the coaching standpoint. And um, I just go back and, and point to those things for our team and say, hey, let's go and change up the, the storyline. Let's change the narrative and get back on track to like we did after the Florida game last season.
Chris, the third Saturday in October only means one thing. Alabama and Tennessee, obviously Crimson Tide, are looking for some big-time revenge after last year. But my question to you, Chris, is this. Can Tennessee, with that running game offensively and that front seven defensively, we talked about Alabama's struggles on the offensive line, can that duo of run game and front seven getting after the quarterback, could that be enough for Tennessee to actually go into Bryant-Denny and make it back-to-back wins over Alabama for the first time in God knows how long? 52-49 last year, Chris. 101 total points scored. I'm not sure we get to 50 this year for the total. I mean, this is going to be a defensive battle I think you're talking about probably the best front seven in the conference in Alabama going up against one of the best in Tennessee. I think they're uh, third in sacks in the conference. They're one of the best in tackles for loss, one of the best in the rush defense. So I think it's going to present a big challenge, particularly for that offensive line to protect Jalen Milrow. Uh, On the other side, you can a one-dimensional Tennessee offense beat Alabama? Um, You know, we, we saw that with Kentucky going to Athens a couple of weeks ago. You're not going to line up and out, out Georgia, Georgia. You're not going to line up and out Alabama, Alabama. So you have to hit some of those explosive pass plays. And I know I said that last week in Texas A&M, but I firmly believe going on the road to play against this talented Alabama team, you got to do what, what Texas did. Texas, Quinn Ewers has not thrown the ball on the deep throws as well as he did leading up to that, that Alabama game, nor since that Alabama game. So you, you know, maybe you find a little magic, a uh, little little uh, uh, spark, lightning in a bottle there. You, you create um, some of the downfield explosive plays that haven't been there. That starts with Joe, uh, Joe Milton being more accurate, and it starts with the receivers catching the football. They, they haven't done a very good job either. So I, I do think they have the ability to go in there and win the game. Uh, every time I doubt Alabama, they prove me wrong, so I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ready to go on record picking the upset again. But I think it's a much more compelling game now that we've seen the improvement, the physicality on the offensive and defensive lines for the Tennessee Vols. Yeah, Chris, I think the spread in that one opened as Bama's double-digit favorites, which really, really surprised me. I think that's going to be a really tight ball game, like you mentioned. Uh, Chris, in closing, LSU-Army shouldn't be a contest. Arkansas-Mississippi State is the battle of the cellar dwellers. So we'll close out with Auburn-Ole Miss. It's a really intriguing game. Auburn got worked at LSU, which (laughs) – Wasn't totally shocking. Obviously, Bayou Bengals had their way with that Auburn defense. But here comes Hugh Freeze and the Tigers at home at night. 13th-ranked Ole Miss comes in. I think we can expect a really, really fun one this game. Ole Miss did have extra time to get ready coming off the bye week. But your expectations for what should be a a raucous Jordan Hare on Saturday night. Yeah, more importantly, the extra time as opposed to getting ready, it's getting healthy. I mean, Jackson Dart wasn't healthy against Arkansas. Trey Harris hadn't been healthy since the Tulane game. Getting those guys back to 100% is important. Um, I I just – I don't know that Auburn can score with anybody. I mean, going back to how they upset LSU, there there was no way they were going to win that ball game. Even if the defense holds LSU to 31 points, you think Auburn's going to be able to score 32? I just don't see that. And, and I think the same is true for this Ole Miss game. Um, you can do a great job in, in limiting the Ole Miss offense to, to 28 points, but I don't have faith that Auburn can score. They're limited in the passing game. Um, the, the, the run game is, has not been as successful as we thought it was going to be. Uh, I do know Hugh Freeze is highly motivated to go back and, and, and beat his former team. But at the same time, I think he's highly frustrated, too, knowing the limitations of this roster and having to try to coach around it. 
just very little explosiveness if you go back and look at the game on Saturday against LSU or for the entirety of the season for that matter. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chris Doring of SEC Network does a fantastic job. Chris, I appreciate you taking the time on a weekly basis. And again, congratulations to your Florida Gators. And soak it in, my friend, because I can't promise I'll ever be back in orange and blue ever again. But either way. That's all right. We'll take it. You look good today, man. But uh, I appreciate you paying up on the bet. Yeah, man. Hey, we'll talk again next week, Chris. I appreciate you. Take care. See you, buddy. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done